Welcome to the CF Strong podcast. CF Strong covers the successes and challenges faced by those living with cystic fibrosis. You'll hear first-person stories, conversations with health professionals, friends, and partners. Just a heads up, guests may share their personal views about treatments and health management, but please remember this is not medical advice, and you should always follow the advice of your clinic team regarding your health. Today on CF Strong, we are talking to Sam LaFoe, and many of you may recognise him from the CF Strong podcast as both a guest and a regular host. Welcome, Sam. Hey, Sarah. Thanks for having me on the podcast. Now, this is one of our, I guess, one of our newer podcasts where we're talking to younger people who are getting ready to transition. So I thought it would be a great opportunity to start off with asking you about your journey from paediatric care to adult care. Can you tell us a little bit about this? Yes. So obviously the transition period between pediatric and adult healthcare is pretty much exactly tied to when you are going from, say, high school teenager into the more responsible adult life. So there's a lot going on there, both mentally, physically. Uh, For me, the process started when I was quite young. I think I would have been about 15, 16, where that's when I kind of started to really fall into trouble with my health and with my not only physical health, but mental health, kind of learning how to come to terms with what it means to have CF and how that will affect my life going forward. And until that point, I kind of treated it quite loosely. I was very, very naive to what it meant to have CF and what it could possibly do to me in the future if I didn't look after myself and kind of ignored it to a point. I hadn't told any of my friends at high school. I hadn't told anyone other than my family really about things I was going through because I kind of just wanted to keep it to myself and pretend it wasn't happening. So then being a 16-year-old, being faced with the reality of you're not going to be a kid for much longer and it's all starting to get very real, I definitely struggled to work out how to navigate that life. And with the transitioning coming up, like coming up soon, I thought what I needed to do was kind of, I guess, isolate myself a little bit and try and do it all myself because I was kind of, I don't know if I was scared to let my parents in or scared to let my friends in to let me to, to let know what was going on. I think I just felt like I needed to do it all myself and take it all on myself so no one else would have to know what's going on. And so I started doing it by, I would take myself to all my three monthly appointments in Melbourne. At this point, I was living in Auburn. It's a four-hour train ride or a three-and-a-half-hour car ride so I would just I'd take myself up by myself with all my notes and I'd do everything myself talk to the doctors myself talk to the nurses myself and rarely ever did I even come back to my home and share with with my parents what happened and if I did I would definitely give them the good news not the bad news because again I was not sure how to handle this kind of life and I was in the wrong mindset so Mm. that happened when I was 16 and I kept doing that until I was about 18 when I was faced with the transition from pediatric to adult hospital. And I can tell you one thing, I was not prepared for how different life would be in regards to a pediatric hospital and an adult hospital. I was definitely shocked because I went from a place that took such care in individual patients to a place like an adult hospital that was so large and so many other things going on. And such a smaller team to deal with CF in general that you get, you definitely, 
I don't know. It's hard to explain. It's, you go from a nice, safe feeling, protected experience to a brand new, scary, open world. So hard to explain. It, it's it, yeah. but it, it does definitely mirror the transition between, say, you're finishing high school, then going out into the real world to get a real job or go to a, or move out of home. And it definitely took me by surprise, and again made me kind of retreat further into myself. So I definitely approached the transition in a very hard way on myself and didn't do it the right way because I wasn't quite ready for it perhaps mm-hmm. maturely or so it was quite a shock to the system. And yeah, it was, it definitely set me back a lot in regards to both physical and mental health for yeah. sure. And why did you, you you say from 16 to 18, you you kind of, I guess, isolated yourself to a degree. You started going to your appointments by yourself and, and only giving the good news. Um, I, I've, I guess I've got two questions out of that. How did your parents and family cope with that and why did you feel you needed to do that? Yeah, it's, that's the golden question. I feel like you can ask that to any any adult who's reflecting on their teenage years and even myself, I'm like, why the hell did I think that was a good <laughs> idea? Like. <laughs> It's a, it's a very, very, uh, I don't know, I guess you could call it teenage angst kind of, kind of, kind of way to deal with things. I just, um, I think the main thing was my, my, the life I had when I grew up was incredible. My parents did an incredible job to give me a life that did not like focus on the, the CF part of it. And I lived a life that was very, very fulfilling and healthy. And I guess that set me on the mindset that I was going to be healthy forever. And when I started to get older and the symptoms of CF get worse, it kind of shocks you to be faced with reality after living so many years as thinking everything's okay. And I think that shock definitely it scared me and it scared, scared the hell out of me. So I thought I didn't want to bring this onto anybody else because it's my, my issue. So yeah. you, it's like an, you become a bit isolated because you're worried about what people will think or what people will feel and all that. Mm. So, yeah, it's, uh, it, it's, and what happens with the family is they obviously knew what I was doing and they didn't want me to do it. They wanted to be there every, every step of the way. So it strained the relationship between me and my parents quite a bit until it got to a breaking point. And that's when it all kind of, got worse after that you know you, you never fix things straight away it's always a breaking point and things will get worse and worse and worse until I guess eventually you learn more about yourself or you you can find a way to I don't know kind of make peace with what's going on but yeah it's no easy no easy option and it takes a long time to get through and to work out so it took me many years so my transition was all very very isolated and lonely to be honest when you say that you started at the new obviously at the adult hospital and that it was it was so different to what you were used to what was your reaction to that did you stop going to appointments did you what what sort of did those first I guess two or so years look like when you were at the adult hospital um I didn't stop going to appointments I wanted to I definitely wanted to uh it was quite I don't know you you, you definitely get more into your head about it all when it's mm-hmm. coming up because you got to go to this place where you're walking through wards which remind you of like everything you see on tv like all those really rundown hospitals with sick people in them and stuff it's just a very very stark reminder of 
you know, that you have a health condition. So mm. definitely plays in your head a lot more. Mm. And it's more like get in, get out. You know, you don't ask the right questions because you're in such a rush to get out of there. You don't do the right things leading up to it. You just pretend it's all fine, even though it's definitely not fine. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, definitely for the first two years, it was once again very, very neglected and mm-hmm. try to be pushed down in my own mind to pretend yeah. it's not happening. And it sounds like it was, you, you say that you visited the hospitals, you did, you, 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 you attended your appointments, which is good, but you sort of attended just to tick that box, but you obviously had a lot going on that you weren't talking about, that you were feeling mentally and emotionally that you couldn't share. Would you say that you didn't share it with anyone? Yes, like definitely. Um, very much was not a sharing person and still do struggle with it sometimes. Mm. But I've de- it's been something I've worked on for the past five years and it's getting better at least. But yeah, I was offered to talk to Sykes when I was back in my pediatric care and I always said, no, it's fine. Everything's going well. So I feel like maybe if I had just acknowledged what was going on and opened up earlier on, I could have definitely wrapped my head around it before I transitioned until I got, until it got too late. So what, what would you say changed? Oh, there was quite a few, few changes actually that all happened in my late teens, early twenties. One of the, one of the main factors was I just, someone who cared deeply about me and I just, um, I kind of didn't let them emotionally in, mm-hmm. like to talk about things and which ended up obviously fracturing the relationship really hard, which caused a, like, you know, breakups. And from there, that, but to me, that was what I wanted. I wanted, I wanted to break up because I didn't rather break up than talk about the things going on in my head and my health as well. So that going into university, you, you kind of self-sabotage every relationship you have because you're too unsure or afraid to talk about things and it definitely strained me and my best friends as well because they didn't know what was going on in my life and I think I first started by talking to my best friends because I wanted them I didn't want to lose them and I learned that I needed to talk about these things that that first point I I lost someone I I cared about deeply because I wasn't ready to talk about things Um, and the second one going through my my phase of you know, pretending it's all fine. I neglected my health and I had a decline in health until I ended up uh, in hospital because I went to a music festival with friends and, you know, doing fun things that you do when you're late teen or young 20s and pretending that I'm a normal, healthy human being and ended up dehydrated half to death in a hospital tent at the festival and couldn't move. I was that dehydrated and ended up needing to go to hospital and get an IV drip for two days to recover um and just after that that was I spent New Year's Eve in hospital and that was kind of rock bottom you know so Mm -hmm. that was the the biggest eye-opener after everything else that led up to it and that was kind of the where everything kind of changed after that right and that was when you told your friends as well so a lot of the people at the music festival with you didn't know yeah so yeah that was the other kicker no one knew where I was because no one knew what happened and that was that was a bit of a, a funny one because that all could have been solved if they had known what was happening with me. Mm. I think at that point I had some very 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 like my closest friends ever. They they knew what was happening, um, and they were there, so they were able to make sure it was okay. Um, and the person I was also very close to who knew what was happening, she made sure that I got to the hospital and was looked after. So it was a very very humbling experience as well, going from pretending that. I can do it all on my own to then relying on these really close people who I, I only barely talk to about my issues to 
make sure I was okay. Yeah. And how do you, how do you approach that now in your, in your everyday life when you meet new people or start new jobs or whatever it may be? Uh, still with a air of reluctance for sure. Um, I think I, it's my biggest thing when all these things happened a few years ago was to get a, get, get right with my family and get right with my friends. Like I need to make sure that I fix those relationships. So the first step for me was getting as like as open as I've ever been with my parents and my siblings and making sure that I would never be in a spot again where we'd be fractured because of the things I was doing. And that was the first big step. And then since then, everything's been really good with, with that side of things, like very open, very honest, all, all my family. They always know what's going on and we share things all the time about what's going on. And that was the first big step for me. Secondly was definitely letting my friends in a lot more and not hiding anything. And that was easier than I thought it would be. And it always is. It's always easier than you think it is. Uh, and then thirdly was being okay to be in a relationship with someone and let them know what's going on with me and mm-hmm. how it affects me and being open and honest with them which is always still a struggle and still definitely haunts me that stuff. Cause I still struggle to maintain certain relationships because it's very hard, still very hard for me to be open and honest about these things. And then the other big step was doing more within the community, helping in the community and helping share stories and speaking about it more openly. Uh, and then, yeah, I'm still not perfect far from it, but I'm definitely happier than I was when I was hiding everything. Yeah, you're a work in progress still. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think yeah. we, I think everyone is I until think the end. You know, is always exactly. Yeah. I think everyone always is. So, how did you feel? I guess when you you started to talk to your parents more and your close friends, and I guess brought them in, did did you feel like you had a weight lifted? Did you feel like you had a tribe around you? Like, how did that actually make you feel when you when you opened up a little bit more to everyone? Uh, at first uncomfortable, it's a very, very personal thing to talk about and you're still stuck in the mindset of this isn't right. I shouldn't be doing this. So there's still always resistance to when you talk about these things, but since then it's been incredible. It's just, it feels a lot better. It's, it's just, yeah, it's, it's hard to explain. It's, it's just, you, you, you wonder why you didn't do this from the beginning because having that support network means the world and it makes it all so much easier to deal with. It's a process you needed to go through to get there, though, I guess. Yeah. Looking back now to your younger 16, 17, 18-year-old self, you know, who's hopping on the bus or the train and getting public transport to appointments on his own, only giving the good feedback to his parents, what what advice would you give to your younger self? Uh, what advice? It's good to be to be independent and do things independently, but don't don't feel like you have to do it if i could go back and change one thing it'd be i keep i'd keep going to melbourne with my parents as long as i could because i wish i could take them to my appointments now to be honest like i do like i definitely took it for granted how good it was having my parents there with me along the journey and if i could do anything i'd go back and make sure that we continue to do that all up until i was 18 or even further on it's also a bond as well. You have that bond of being together for these things. And yeah, to be honest, I miss it. But if I could mm-hmm. go back, I definitely wouldn't change that. I, but I also can understand my independence and needed to do things independently. So I'm glad 
I was doing that, but I wish I did it in so many different ways. Thank you very much for your time today, Sam. I appreciate how open and honest you are. You say you're still a work in progress, but you're definitely um, very open and honest in terms of what you've been through, where you are now, and I guess where you're heading as well. Yeah, well, thank you for having me. Uh, Very much looking forward to talking to more people through the podcast and helping share stories and passing on my very, very bad wisdom and of how not to do things. So very keen for that. Thank you, Sam. Thanks for listening to this episode of the CF Strong podcast. Make sure you subscribe on your favourite podcast listening platform so you don't miss the next episode. And if you enjoyed this podcast, we'd really appreciate if you could leave us a review. It helps other people find CF Strong or share us with your friends. Also, a quick reminder that the views expressed in the CF Strong podcast may not be reflective of Cystic Fibrosis Community Care's viewpoints. The podcasts are designed to share information and provide insight into the lives of those living with cystic fibrosis around Australia. This podcast was made possible thanks to support provided by the Australian Government. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you next time.